I'm Paul Bear with Bear Farms in Paris, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, renewable energy is taking on Texas agriculture. Well, if you've spent any amount of time riding around in rural Texas, you've seen lots of windmills and a growing number of solar farms. And that trend is going to continue, taking up more and more agricultural land. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you're a Texas High Plains landowner thinking about getting into the business of hunting leases, there are some important things to know. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag today. The options for cool season forages and the risks of planting due to the lingering drought. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Rainfalls continue for deep south Texas. The cotton ginning season, well, it's almost over. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The recently passed Inflation Reduction Act contains massive amounts of money for the development of wind and solar energy. Will McAdams is a commissioner on the Public Utility Commission of Texas, and he says that means we'll see more of these projects coming online here in the state in the next 10 years. So uh, at the PUC, we're planning accordingly, and we'll be prepared to meet that. Just like you, I have questions about the impact on production agriculture. If you're dedicating 10 acres to every megawatt that's associated with those maps, what that means for the productive value of of Texas, how we're going to feed ourselves. But at this time, that's the situation. And with solar projects taking so much land, it seems to be a given that thousands of acres of Texas farm and pasture land will be taken out of production. Harrison Pittman, director of the National Ag Policy Center, says agriculture just can't compete with the money these solar companies are offering. Pasture land, you're looking anywhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 20 to 50 bucks an acre, depending upon where you're at. These solar projects, I've seen rates anywhere from $450 per acre all the way up to like $1,400 per acre per year. So you really can't grow anything and pay those kind of rental rates. So it's really not something that traditional agriculture can uh, compete against. If you'd like more information on the effects the growing solar energy presence is having on Texas agriculture, there's a recorded webinar on the subject available on the Texas Farm Bureau website. 
at texasfarmbureau.org. Most cattle market watchers are forecasting much higher prices for the next couple of years because of the cow herd liquidation that's going on right now. Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson says he thinks we're going to see prices move even higher than we did in the years following the 2011 drought. I tend to think we are because this combination of, of drought and high production costs that we didn't have in 2011, I think it's going to force us to probably reduce our cow herd below where we were following the last drought. And if that's the case, then certainly from a supply standpoint, the opportunity is there for, particularly in the face of good beef demand, uh, to see higher prices. But if we're going to return to profitability on the on the ranch side with high costs, we got to see higher prices. Anderson says his analysis shows that we've already sold more beef cows during this 2022 drought than we did back in 2011. Hunting leases can be a great source of income for Texas landowners, but James Hunt tells us there are some important things you should know before you lease your land. For rural landowners in the Texas High Plains, hunting leases can be a nice source of extra income, but Tiffany Lashmet the Ag Law Specialist for Texas A&M AgriLife says one bit of advice she shares with landowners is always have a written agreement. I know a lot of us are pretty guilty of we have a handshake deal with our neighbor and let them come and, and hunt. Really important, especially if it's somebody who's paying you. I think especially if it's somebody who you don't have a real solid relationship with and truthfully, even if you do, get those leases in writing. It doesn't have to be something super complex, but it's a really good way to protect the relationship and just make sure that everybody's on the same page about the do's and don'ts and how we might handle any problems that could arise. Lashman says liability protection is another important consideration. If you're a landowner, there are a number of steps you could take to protect yourself from liability. The kicker is you've got to do it before something happens. And so really take some time to look into things like Does your insurance cover hunters on the property? Do you need to get liability waivers signed by the people who are going to come hunting? There are some statutes like the Texas Recreational Use Statute and the Texas Farm Animal Liability Act that protect you, but you have to jump through the hoops to get those protections. And Lashman adds landowners need to understand that they need a license. If you're a landowner who's leasing out your property for hunting and you're receiving something of benefit in exchange, you need to have a hunting lease license from Texas Parks and Wildlife. This is separate from the hunting license that the hunter needs to have. This is a license to lease out your land. It's something I think a lot of folks can overlook. Just make sure you have done your homework and have that lease license in place. Lashmut says for anyone interested, AgriLife provides educational resources on putting together a hunting lease. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cool season forages are going in the ground in central and east Texas. Tom Nicoletti has more. As the seasons change, agricultural producers are hoping for cooler temperatures and focusing on forages for the coming months. Dr. Vanessa Olson is a forage extension specialist with the Texas AgriLife Extension Service in Overton. A lot of folks in central and east Texas are thinking about winter forages, cool season forages. So I'm getting a lot of questions about winter forage options and the risk of planting because, of course, with any of our forage species or forages, Rainfall is, is important for their production. So for a good part of our state that's still dry, there's still concern about even planting any winter forages when we still have some dry conditions. How producers are responding is very dependent on where they are in the state. Parts of central and east Texas, we have had some relief with some moisture, and I think those folks 
are much more optimistic about the fall and winter. And I always remind folks, you know, yes, it's hot, it's dry, um, it's been hot and dry, but it will rain again. We just unfortunately don't know when. So I do recommend to a lot of folks, if it is economical and, and if they can use the forage to utilize winter forages as a part of their forage system, a lot of folks have been relying heavily on hay. And if they do not plant winter forages, they're not able to plant winter forages, they'll continue to have to rely on hay as well as other supplementation to maintain any numbers of, of livestock. So as far as our winter forage options and what might be someone's best option, our small grains will do well in the central part of the state and they can provide some winter grazing and spring grazing. That is Forage Extension Specialist Dr. Vanessa Olson in East Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton ginning is wrapping up in deep south Texas. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. Rainfall has been scattered across extreme south Texas with the cotton all harvested. Valley agriculture has been looking for some rainfall. Well, the harvest of citrus will start at uh, mid-October, a little later than normal. Fruits continue to grow slowly. We need some cooler weather. Uh, so that fruit will continue to size up. But right now, the daytime highs, well, still in the mid-90s. We'd like them to cool down some. Planting of fall vegetables will be getting underway very soon, and it looks like enough water will be available to get the season started. Well, currently, Falcon and Amishad reservoirs have been on the increase. Some good uh, rains have fallen in the Rio Grande watershed. Falcon currently at 16.5% full, 30 days ago, we were 11.1%, and it did fall even into the single digits. Amistad currently at 44.2%, just a month ago, 32.4%. So they are headed in the right direction, but we certainly need more water in the reservoir system. The 2022 Gulf of Mexico hurricane season has been nothing so far. The wind shear and Saharan dust has kept any systems from forming or for that matter, ramping up, the exception being Hurricane Friona, who dealt Puerto Rico a pretty serious blow. And, of course, we'll have the Gulf of Mexico hurricane season ending, say, late September, early October, really nothing promising out there. We'll, at that time, be looking for cold fronts to help bring rainfall to extreme South Texas. But keep in mind, according to the National Hurricane Center, the official end of hurricane season is not until November 1st. Irrigation demand on sugarcane and citrus continues to be strong. Crews have been working uh, around the scattered rain showers, helping keep these uh, groves wet. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. The Texas Youth Hunting Program continues to add opportunities for young Texans to learn how to hunt. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And scratches is a condition that affects a horse's lower legs. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas A&M Forest Service is helping to protect lives, property, and livelihoods from wildfire. State officials warn that weather conditions are creating a high risk for wildfires across the state this summer. 
Warmer, drier than average, and windy conditions are combining with dry vegetative fuels and increasing the potential for significant large fires. Keep your eye on the weather during the summer months and heed warnings from local officials. For more information on wildfire weather warnings, visit TICC.TAMU.EDU. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Scratches is a condition that affects a horse's lower legs. Dr. Bob Judd says it's a condition that is difficult to treat and prevent. Scratches is correctly called equine pastern dermatitis. And although not a specific disease, it is a reaction pattern on the horse's lower legs. Dr. Anthony Yu indicates in the horse publication that finding the underlying factor is the key to treating and preventing the condition. Scratches can affect any breed, and you likely have seen horses with scabs along the pastern and even up to the hock. These scabs are stuck tightly to the skin and are painful to remove, and the horse experiences pain when examining these areas. In draft horses with feathers, mites are commonly found that can increase the chance of scratches occurring. However, anything that can irritate the leg can cause the symptoms such as allergy to weeds in the pasture, mosquitoes, or other flying insects, and even standing in mud as the mud dries, it sticks to the skin and causes irritation. The skin becomes infected and gets thicker as time goes on with redness, scaling, and crusting. Chemicals or other medications used to treat the problem can also irritate the skin and make the disease worse. Sometimes a biopsy of the area is required to make the diagnosis of the underlying cause, as immune-mediated disease can sometimes be involved. Treatment involves having your veterinarian sedate the horse as the affected area is painful, clip all of the hair off of the affected area, and shampoo the area with an anti-infective shampoo. Rinse the area and then wrap lightly with an anti-infective and cortisone-containing ointment for several days in a row to reduce inflammation and pain. Many of these horses will also need oral antibiotics to fight the infection. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Youth Hunting Program continues to provide opportunities for Texas youth to learn how to hunt. Jessica Domel has more about this program in today's Wildlife Report. As we move through dove hunting season and inch closer to the start of duck and deer hunting seasons, the Texas Youth Hunting Program continues to add opportunities for Texas youth to learn how to hunt in a safe and mentored environment. The program, which was created in response to a declining number of hunters, sponsors introductory instructive youth hunts for a variety of species. Chris Mitchell, TYHP director, says now is the time for interested youth to apply to participate in one of these engaging experiences. Well, the most common hunt that we offer in the Texas Youth Hunting Program is a white-tailed deer hunt, but that's not the only hunt that we offer. There are a lot of hog hunts. We do some dove hunts, waterfowl hunts. We incorporate fishing into a lot of these. It's usually in addition to what's going on at a hunt, but really everything that you're doing in the outdoors, we're doing. Camping is a big part of, of every hunt, so it's not just a hunt. It's a complete outdoor adventure. 
Since its creation in the 1990s, the Texas Youth Hunting Program has provided more than 79,000 Texans with a safe, educational outdoor experience, while instilling in them an appreciation for the role that landowners and hunters play in wildlife conservation. For many of those youth, the TYHP hunt is their first opportunity to explore nature. Each youth selected for a hunt must bring along a parent or guardian to share the experience with. Youth can apply today on tyhp.org. That is tyhp.org. Click on the link on the top of the page that says Youth Hunters. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It was a tough day for most of our agricultural markets to wrap up the week on Friday. We'll take a look at all of the losses in livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We had a tough day on Friday to wrap up the trading week in the agricultural markets. Red ink everywhere. We'll start it off with the cattle complex, as we always do. October live cattle dropped 60 cents Friday, closing at 144.25. December down 80 cents at 148.55. February live cattle down $1.07 at 152.70. Now, we did see a higher close in the feeder cattle market. You can probably thank the big drop in corn for that. October feeders up 37 cents, 178.35, while November feeder cattle were up 20, 178.25. Cash-fed cattle trade gained ground this week, despite the drop we saw in the futures market. Here in Texas, most of our cattle selling at 143. That's a buck higher than the previous week. We saw a high of 145 in Kansas, and then when you look up to the northern states, Nebraska and Iowa selling cattle on live basis at 145 to 147. That's one to two dollars higher. Dressed sales in the north range from 228 to 232. That's two bucks higher. Boxed beef was lower Friday. Choice down 11 cents, 248.29. Select down a dollar 52 at 220.59. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass is in his second week of ownership at Cattleman's Columbus. Doug, how was the sale? We had a great sale, Mr. Larry. Uh, really appreciate all the support from all the people around here. Uh, we ended up with 850 cattle. Uh, market looked steady all the way around compared to last week and uh, had a great set of sellers and a great set of buyers. Walk the so, pins with us. Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, your thinner, lower-yielding cows bring 40 to 68. Better cows bring 70 to 89. Lower-yielding bulls bring 63 to 88. Better bulls bring 90 to 110. Had a handful of pretty good little pairs. Pairs, good pairs, bring 1,100 to 16. 50. Red cows, uh, good red cows bring from 1,000 to 13 and a half. A little lesser cows bring 850 to 950. Uh, calf market, like I said, I thought the calf market was pretty dang good, consistent to last week. Two to three weight steers bring 150 to 232. Heifers bring 140 to 237. Three to four weight steers bring 145 to 220. Heifers bring 135 to 180. Four to five weight steers bring 140 to 212.
12. Heifers been 130 to 218. Five to six weight steers been 135 to 174. Heifers been 120 to 207. Six to seven weight steers been 130 to 175. Heifers been 118 to 202. Seven to eight weight steers been 125 to 165. Heifers been 115 to 162. And 800 to 1,000 pound steers of bull been 120 to 157. Heiferets bring 110 to 146. Sounds like you had a good sale. What do you know coming to Columbus next week? We've got some consignments. we got a few people talking about bringing some pretty good sets of calves. One man come today. He's got about 120 good yellow calves going to show up. i got another man has got about 80. Uh, don't know much on the cow end yet, but uh, we're definitely getting some phone calls. Tell everybody how to contact you, Doug Bass. Yes, sir. You can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454. Or call us here at the office, 979-732-2622. Doug, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Miss Larry, and we appreciate all the support. Y'all have a great week. Neighbor, I hope you have a great week too and that you join us every monday through friday for walking the pins here on the texas farm bureau radio network i enjoy it so much i'll be darned if i ain't going to do it again tomorrow good day thanks larry back over to the futures market now where we continue to see red ink october lean hogs dropped a dollar 50 friday 92.62 december hogs down 287 at 82.80 class three milk was lower october milk down 51 cents at 20.95 100 weight now, the cotton and grain markets got hit especially hard on Friday thanks to a 20-year high we hit in the dollar. And, of course, a strong dollar is bad news for agricultural exports. So that weighed heavily on both the cotton and grain trade on Friday. December cotton limit down 400 points at 92.54. March cotton down 400 at 89.67. December 23 cotton dropped 329 points. 77.24. Corn and wheat both seeing double digit losses. December corn dropped 11 and a half, 676 and three quarters. March corn down 11 and a half at 681 and three quarters. Both hard and soft wheat seeing big losses. December Kansas City wheat down 29 cents, 950 and a half. December Chicago wheat down 30 and a quarter at 880 and a half. In the energy markets, losses there as well. November natural gas dropped 18 cents at $7 even. November crude oil down 4.58 at 78.91 a barrel. The financial markets sharply lower Friday afternoon. The Dow dropped 658 points, 29,418. The Nasdaq down 263 points at 10,803. And the S&P was down 86, 3,671. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.